You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hello, happy Monday. Best way to start your Monday here at the Horny Housewife Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan. And today we're starting off with, do you know your significant other's password to their phone? I have a lot of male listeners. So I guess, you know, read the room, Jordy Cakes. Dudes, as a woman, if I had a password on my phone and women DM'd me and were like, I love your podcast, but, or they were brutal, like so straight up with me. And I love that. I appreciate that. I want that. We can have different perspectives and it doesn't mean someone's right and someone's wrong. You get to do you boo and have your relationship and what works for y'all works. If it works, if it's not working, maybe we should real sauce. But if me, I, Jordy, I can only speak for myself, but I am going to group some of like women that I know and would assume have the same answer as me, bitches, lots of you listening. If I had a password on my phone and was like my phone, I was being sus, that's a little sus. Okay. That's what it is. I feel like it means you don't want certain conversations read. It doesn't mean you're cheating. I'm not saying if your wife has a password, she's cheating on you, but I also know that there are people who don't view it like that. They're like, it's not sus, Jordan. It's called fucking privacy. So there are certain people, I just don't relate, okay? I just, privacy, excuse me? I didn't grow up with any, okay? My parents banged my fucking door down, okay? My door got taken off the hinges, okay? I got it back. I got it back, but mommy wasn't afraid to take the door away. Anywho, some people feel like privacy is a thing that they're entitled to, and I don't disagree, right? Just because you know your significant other's password doesn't mean you you need to be a crazy fuck. You don't need to be looking every day, like part of your habits or to check what they're fucking doing. Don't do that. That's torture will only breed, no, I know from experience that it gains momentum in a very destructive way. And I know that from being that person and being with that person, okay? I've had boyfriends that I'm like, what? Like, how did you know I even had that picture in there for six months ago? And then I have been the girl who the second they fall asleep, I am going through their shit. It's just not a good place, space, no bueno. We're all married here. So I don't even think I'm talking to that crowd, but I know some of y'all are crazy. There is a few crazies. I'm crazy. I'm crazy. But there's a spectrum. There's a spectrum. But I will say I was very surprised at the poll results. It was like 82% of you know the password, but in 18, I'm a sit in, but 18% of you don't. 99% of my DMs were people going, if she needs to keep something a secret, then obviously something, you know, you got to be on the up and up. Lots of people were like, no, you're married. There's no reason. Me and my husband know each other's password. And again, it's 
Like if you needed that peace of mind, you know you can access it. And also sometimes it's just a life inconvenience thing. Like I've had to just grab my husband's phone because mine's upstairs or dead or we're out and I left it, whatever. And I can just grab it, look up something or whatever I need to do. And I have my Instagram app on my husband's phone. So all of y'all weird ass messages, he could get those if he wanted to. He literally does not look at anything I do to the point that it actually offends me. It offends me. He doesn't check, look, care. I'm like, fuck, dude. What does this mean? Is this bad? Is that a bad sign? It's kind of, Maybe he does on the down low and just doesn't tell me. That's what I'm telling myself because he's not going to find anything. <laughs> Nothing I'm doing fucking wrong. Maybe some of y'all little perverts doing something wrong. But as long as mommy responds in an appropriate, respective manner, you know, we have mutual respect. It's easy for me. That's not hard for me. That's easy for me. But yeah, I'm still tripped out that some of y'all don't know. If I did not know my husband's password, oh. I think I would turn into a monster. I don't just know the password. I'm the face ID. Like I, my fingerprint works for fuck, on his computer too. And I know some people are listening like, wow, code of pen. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. So toxic. No, it's not like, it's not, it really isn't like that. I think it's just, you. we have all access. Like there, it's no secret. Like I help him set up his fucking computer. I know, I know his password for everything. Okay. You can't, it's hard to remember a lot of passwords. So I think when your lives are entangled like that, you know, you just know. And if you're keeping up like walls and you're like, I want my privacy. Yeah. You want your privacy. So your wife doesn't see your porn history and doesn't know that you're fucking Snapchatting. And if any men out there are Snapchatting, mommy is disappointed in you. Let, you better be sending your wife Snapchats, your family Snapchat chat. But a part of me wants to look you in the eye and be like, are you doing anything weird on your Snapchat? Define weird. Are you taking nudes on your Snapchat? Are you sending risque, self-deleting pictures on your Snapchat? If my husband had Snapchat, I would do something that I can't say out loud. So all of the men listening that have Snapchat now hate me. And maybe I'm wrong. There are some people that are like, we like it because it's fun foreplay for us. And like, we're like teenagers and there's zero trust issues. Then I can just shut the fuck up and eat my words and y'all can keep enjoying Snapchat. So... I know some of y'all don't have social media or Instagram or you don't follow whatever. If you have it and you don't follow, that's rude. But I want to know, what do you think about this? Do you think I take the privacy thing to the extreme? Like, am I not saving space for entitled privacy? Is that a thing? Are we entitled to our own privacy in marriage? Huh. Maybe I don't like the answer that I would give. I said that out loud and I feel like the answer should be, of course, we're entitled to private conversations we don't want the other one to read. But I guess it would be like if I wanted to know something or I felt uneasy about something that I would hope that my partner would give that to me and help me feel at ease and let me see something. I guess then you would have to gauge how unrealistic is your partner being? Is it everything, anything and everything? Is it you can't talk to your family, your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your best friends without someone being all up in your fucking business? What was that 90 day fiance girl? The man had to bring his woman in on FaceTime to the dentist because he, she was like, 
the hygienist is a woman, so she's just going to mount you right then and there, Jack. And you know what? Her boyfriend was really fugly, so that was rude. That was rude. But I was like, what is going on in her head? I know ugly guys can get pussy. I wasn't saying that. I'm just like, have a little confidence, sweetie. He's obsessed with you. He's obsessed with you. I shouldn't have called him fugly. But back to my question, I think we are entitled to privacy, but I think that you should have an open door policy as well to be able to hold space and not diminish or minimize somebody's curiosity if they're feeling insecure, if it is a rare thing, like not a constant, hey, you have a problem, you're the one feeling super insecure for absolutely no reason. So that would be a basis to basis thing. But as far as the password thing, I will never I will I will never accept my husband having another password. And guys, I personally would love to see if you asked your wife what her password is, what her face does. Like anyone whose significant other has a password, please go ask them, can I go through your phone? Pretty pretty please. It was a dare. I had a dare on the podcast that I listened to. They said, go to your spouse. Oh, shit. I'm going to get a bad review for this. <laughs> go to your spouse. And if they have a password protected phone, to ask to see their phone and see what they do. Don't tell them that till after you do it because we got to get a real response. And if the color drains from their face, I'm sorry that I ruined your day. Maybe month, maybe life. Love you. And if you want me to end this segment with just a really horrible story is that I got a DM from someone who said, I just did this because I made a little Instagram story, not don't smile, that said, go take your person's phone who, you know, insist on the password and watch the color drain from their face. And so someone responded to me and said, I just did this. And I found out that my wife of 14 years is fucking a kid that's 14 years younger than her. So he said his day was ruined. And I felt kind of bad, but you know what? She's exposed. And now you know what's going on on the down low. Sometimes things can get th so thrown off in our marriage and we're blaming ourselves when really the other person's being a piece of shit. So... What's today's episode about? <laughs> I'll tell you. Ladies, do you ever struggle with low libido? Yes, bitch. Or maybe no. No fucking way. But seasons, ebbs and flows come. Guys, maybe you're like, sometimes I'm not in the fucking mood. Maybe we've just been married for so long, we don't know how to get the groove back. I've got tips and tricks. Maybe I'm shouting out the ladies more because I think some of these tips are very like women-centered and that helps us get aroused. We're like a crock pot. Sometimes men are like microwaves and women are like crock pots. And sometimes we need longer foreplay in different ways. But first, listener questions. I swear to God, this is not a joke. The first or the last, the most recent listener question I got Says, my husband had an affair with a bitch. What do I do? <laughs> That's it. That's the whole question. Uh, sweetie, I'm going to need a lot more context. So if you're listening, 
I'm going to need to know the state of your marriage. I'm going to need to know when the last time y'all were intimate was. I'm going to need to know, is this a prostitute? Is this a girl he works with? Is this a family friend? Like define bitch, because sometimes I'll be like, bitch, I love you. Or like, what, you know? Mm-hmm. So fill me in and I will happily, happily circle back on this question another time. Fill me in. Okay, moving on to question number one for real, for real, and it's getting a little heavier. Currently listening to 152. My wife and I have had sex three or four times this year. The last time was the end of July and not from lack of trying. I love my wife beyond words, but it does get frustrating taking care of it myself. I do not feel that my wife owes it to me, but it just makes me feel like shit. Many times when attempt to get something going, she will say, no, thank you, or I'm good, or maybe later. I know that maybe later means nope. She has been dealing with depression and anxiety issues for years and I'm her biggest cheerleader. Recently, she was diagnosed with ADHD and we have had a med change. I am hopeful this might change things for us. Sorry for babbling. I enjoy your podcast. Not babbling. That was all informative and to the point. Some people send me a goddamn novel and those ones probably won't make it because it's so hard to read it all. Okay. So as a person who I am ADHD, I am a depressed bitch and an anxious bitch. All three of that glorious combo that you just said. And I know it affects different people differently in different ways, but generally like I know what it feels like to not be able to feel like you can function on the downside and on the anxious side. And I know the struggle of raw dogging life as an ADHD person because I don't take medicine and I did from the ages 15 to 21 and then people wanted to buy my Adderall from me and I was like, why do they want this Adderall? And then I you know, tried cocaine later in life and I was like, this is why they wanted it. But at the time, I didn't realize that. But I will probably never, ever, ever be on stimulants ever again because it's just not a fit for me. But that doesn't mean it's a fit for other people. But regardless, I do believe one of the side effects can affect libido. And some for some people, it's a higher drive. And for some, it takes away their drive. So... This is such a delicate situation because medicine is involved and because mental health is involved, but I don't think that means you completely shy away and dismiss the conversation because you don't deserve to feel like because she has these things going on, like I just don't ever really have a place to have a voice because whether you want to or not, you'll start to get resentful and you have needs to just like she has needs and they can be different needs and she can be needier but you seem like a nice, courteous. You don't feel like you're owed it. You seem thoughtful. You said you're her cheerleader. I don't know you, but just the way you wrote the question I thought was compassionate. So having a compassionate conversation saying, it's my life mission to be what you need me to be. Every woman would kill for that line. You said you're her biggest cheerleader. So remind her like, you're here, you're riding or dying, you're by her side. You want to enable her to be her best. You want to be there for her at her worst. But as whatever your name is, let's call you Drake. But as Drake, then I'm thinking of the rapper, let's Eric. As Eric, 
Like I am, I'm Eric and I don't necessarily understand everything you're going through, but I'm damn ready to be willing to learn and try to be what you need. And as your husband, as your partner, I want to know that you're in too. And maybe it doesn't always look 50-50. I've said that before. Sometimes it's like 60-40. Sometimes it's 80-20. But it can't just stay 80-20. You give, you get, ebb and flow, pull and push. There's got to be that yin and yang there. And you've got to talk about it so that the person can know, hey, I need to pull some weight. And you're like, but if someone's depressed, like how can I ask them to pull to pull their weight? Well, what is she doing to combat the depression? So are we being intentional and active about that? Because I think some some intimacy, y'all can incorporate intimacy that isn't just P and V. Like you could start out slow and rekindle. Maybe she doesn't remember or is it, she's not able to play the tape through because she's so stuck in her heaviness or anxiety, whatever it may be, that she needs to practice being present and just experience some intimate moments, whether it's laying together naked, giving her a massage that has no strings attached, something that can get her goddamn like juices, juices a going. And I do think it gets tricky when medicine's involved because sometimes we're like, I don't know why my body's acting like this. I don't want to feel like this. I want to feel in the mood. I just don't. But nothing will change and nothing will get better if you don't voice your frustrations maturely to one another and then say, well, what are we going to do about it? How can we at least add a little ripple, like minimal shifts that make a massive ripple? So that's the combo. Moving on, next question. My question is something I've never heard you talk about. My new partner has expressed that she would love to have rougher sex, fully consensual, but states she wants to feel totally used from time to time. The problem is I'm never, I've never really had rough sex. I've always wanted to try it, but so when I try to ask her what exactly she wants, she says that kills the mood for rough sex. My question is how do I get out of my head and just take charge? What's your tips for rougher sex? So I think for you specifically, because I did get a little more context after this, was that you need to feel like a more confident individual. I think you're in your head. I think maybe it's not even in your nature, your personality, but because you're wanting to, you're saying you want to do this for her. If you're going to want to be a more dominant, aggressive man, then you have to be more confident and secure in yourself and not worry of, is this the right or wrong move? Because the whole dominance thing is you taking charge and using her for how you want. So look at her like a goddamn fucking sex fucking toy. Look at her like a little fuck doll. That's what I meant to say, but I just had a seizure or something. Treat her like a sex doll and (laughs) don't talk to her because she's plastic and she can't hear you. No, I want you to be a selfish lover to her as rough as you possibly want. And it does sound like maybe you're someone who is a tender love maker and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just nice to have variety. 
And clearly you are dating a woman who wants that and she's been with you for 12 months. I think your next thing was saying you've been talking or dating for about a year. She's there for a reason. Know that. Go, she's with me for a fucking reason. I bring something to the goddamn table. She likes the stick and now she wants the stick laid down in a different way. I'm the fucking man. If you are worried that you get in your head and your dick's like, womp, 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 that's when you're going to want a blue chew, baby. Okay, a blue chew chewable. I've talked about those a million times in my podcast. This is not an ad break. I just really believe in it. So taking something that can give you that extra confidence in the bedroom to keep it up, basically it's generic Viagra, okay? If that's what you need, to get through the mental aspect so you don't have to worry about the physical part because you're up there conquering the goddamn brain, so be it. She's going to be like, hell fucking yeah. And maybe you're like, I don't feel super fucking confident. Well, dude, you need to be saying 10 badass things about you. Don't don't cringe at me. This shit works. 10 things about yourself in the morning. Like, I am sexy. I am a lover boy. I eat pussy like a god. Say 10 facts about yourself. They don't even have to be fucking facts. You could just want them to be facts. And I want you to linger in the mirror a little longer and think nice thoughts about yourself. I want you to say she loves this dick. She wants this dick. She's asking for this dick. Okay. Say that for 30 days every day and see where you're at. You're going to stop asking her, is this, is this good enough? Am I doing this right? What do you want? No, you're not. Cause that smells like inexperience. And some women lo- were like, oh, I would love to teach him. She's not like that. So you are going to stop asking and you can Google some rough sex porn. Okay. Sounds like a good assignment for you. Honestly, I think that if you typed in rough sex, on a porn site, maybe that would even be too much for you, overwhelming. I think you can just do male, female, and just how assertive he's being. I just want you to be that assertive, okay? I want you to get a little man handily. If she, if you hurt her, she'll say, ouch, you're hurting me. So don't ask her. I want you to be just full on, sexy lover. Watch this backfire. Watch like him come back to me and be like, I tried that and it went horrible. (laughs) Guys, let's ask the men. We got lots of male listeners, dudes. What is your advice for our sweet listener on how he could be a rougher, more dominant man in bed when that really hasn't been a thing for him? We're going to put a poll up on the social meds at underscore the horny housewife podcast. And I'm going to share the results. So we'll help a brother out. Moving onward. Do men really care? Oh, another poll. Do men really care if my boobs sag and I have a pancake ass? Well, let's first address the boobies. Uh, I think, or body, let's just say your naked ass body. There's someone for you, sweetheart. There's, there's a man, there's a few hundred men out there that will oodle your goodies, that will love your tits, that will want you to wrap them and roll them around their dick while they fuck them. And who's going to eat that pancake ass? Okay. My mother had a pancake ass, was a beautiful woman. This is not me shaming her name. Rest in peace, mommy love. I love you. 
but she was able to, you know, keep her man the whole time, did a damn good job, dressed well, beautiful woman, and, you know, no big booty in sight. So you don't have to have a big ass. You're like, I didn't say big ass. I thought I had a pancake ass. If you ever wanted to do something about something that made you feel like shitty, I am no judgment for me. This isn't me saying go do something about it. But guess what? You could get a booty without plastic surgery. So I know some people genetically, you're like, nope, nope, nope. Genetic pancake ass runs in the fam fam. There Do really heavy bridges. Do weighted squats. There's lots of booty work you could do to give it a little bit of muscle. Truly. Just a little defy, defy, defy nishy. And if your man's with you right now, if you have a man and he fucks you and he's getting off and he's coming back for more and you're like, yeah, my man likes the sex. He fucking likes your body. He loves your body. He wants you to be naked more. He loves it more than you do. Way more, clearly. I'm sure he idolizes your titties and you think there's something wrong with them. There are some men that prefer a floppy, saggy tit compared to a round, hard ball because I don't understand when they're when they don't move and they're just this bing bong. Like to me, it's like I guess you could suck on the nipple, but nothing else is moving. It's like a plastic doll. Men like the jiggle jiggle, the slappy slappy. They want to see that you can put your nipple in your mouth. I can't. I w- I'm so, j- if a woman can lick her own nipple, all I want to be is you. That's all I want to be is you. Maybe my next boob job will make them big enough so I can do that. I feel like it's part my head, part my boob. <laughs> now, ladies, I will say if you've birthed children and you're married, your push present when you're done is supposed to be a new pair of tits. So you can say that I said it. You can screen record this part and pass it on. If she's pushed your children out and she's done breastfeeding, buy her some new boobs unless she doesn't want them. But I'm going to go ahead and say 90% of them are going to be down, down, okay? Because they're down and out. Good time in a bow and throw them over your shoulder like a continental soldier. And ladies, he's not offering because he doesn't care because he's just wants to stick his head there. And if he cares and knows you care and offers, don't be offended. If you want a boob job and then he offers after kids because I just told him to and you get offended, stop it. Just take the fucking free surgery. Last but not least, my husband and I are looking for something more. We are pretty open-minded with one another. We love watching porn together, playing with toys, etc. But now it seems like it's not always enough. He brought up sex parties, absolutely no swapping. The thought of watching or being watched is so erotic. How do you go about finding one or being invited to one? Is there something else you would suggest to take it to the next level? Okay, so I am not familiar as I don't live in an alternative lifestyle where I'm looking to go to sex parties, but I do live very close to Portland, Oregon. And besides there being a gazillion strip clubs, like more strip clubs than anywhere, I think pretty much in the United States. I'm pretty sure that's a thing. There are also sex clubs. So according to, from what I've heard, specifically there's, there's one in Portland I'm thinking of that my neighbor 
used to frequent behind her husband's back, mind you. But I know couples that go there that enjoy it. I One, a person my husband used to work with used to go there. I mean, if that is a thing you do as a couple, more power to you. And I bring it up because it seems like if I wanted to go be watched for the first time, like if I wanted someone to watch me do it, I could do it in public, that would probably be where I would seek it out because... And I hear this is the same at sex parties. Consent is everything. Like someone cannot come in down and sit by you if they don't ask permission. So there's a lot of consent involved and you can like make it known what you're doing. I had the Swing Nation on my podcast a while back. You can look for that. You'll see it in the title featuring the Swing Nation or they have a podcast, free promo. And I know you said no swapping, but they talk about basically different levels of swapping. Maybe you like to be watched. Maybe you like people to sit on the bed and watch you. Maybe you like people to sit at a distance and watch you. Maybe you like to watch others, but at a distance. So they're really familiar with all of that lingo and places and apps and who they can reach out to. So that's my recommendation of a resource as well as Beducated. There's always a course that's so educational on how to go about non-monogamy, et cetera. And I think just having very clear boundaries, open communication, knowing what is a firm no, knowing how you're going to communicate when something makes you feel uncomfortable. It seems like for people who participate in those kind of things, they their relationship in order to survive requires a lot, a lot, a lot of communication and openness. I think it is something to do mindfully, intentionally. And sometimes we do have to look at our own insatiability and go, why is this not enough? Like, how far do you want to go? And you can't go back. You know, where you go, you can't go back. So maybe you think you can, but I've heard so many times people saying, oh, they regret that. So I think being mindful like writing a little list even, like worst case scenario, pros and cons, boundaries, how you communicate something that, oh, this popped up. I don't like how this is. I need to set a boundary. How do you go about that? When, where, so much, so much to be said and done, but it is doable. And there are plenty of people that do that shit and are happy as hell to each their own, do you? And I'm sure if a little hop on Google and you say, hey, I'm looking, I have a voyeurism or exhibitionism kink. There are apps that are like kink specific and you could find your community. The internet is a wild place out there. But if it was me, I would go to something like very organized and structured like a club that makes you be a member that you can really start at your own pace. And I'm sure everyone that's there is, you know, keeps their business their business. So you never know who you'll see at the community sex party. That sounds terrifying. I bet there are some really good stories. Like I walked in and my son's second grade teacher was there getting gangbanged. I'm sure the stories are great and I would love to hear them. If you have them, send them to me, please. ASAPO. If you have a question you want to ask anonymously that we can talk about on here, Go to the hornyhousewifepodcast.com and ask away or slide in the DMs on Instagram at underscore the horny housewife podcast. And stay on the lookout for those Monday polls. Also, I have so many 
things that I've collected, like sex toys, lubes, all, all sex stuff. And I need to do a giveaway. Like I need to figure out how the fuck that works and give away some really cool shit. Also, Patreon, the whole episode, like the topic coming up, we're talking about getting in the mood, how to get in the mood, fighting low libido, and I'm sure as hell going to hype up and stand behind the Patreon for this one. I think it is a great way to have foreplay, whether you both listen separately or together. One couple said she does, puts on headphones while he's massaging her. Sounds fucking hot. Dirty ass stories, lots of different genres. Take your pick and enjoy. That link will be in the episode notes. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, specifically ladies, but I think the men could get some pointers, maybe listen together as a couple. Maybe this will help you better understand understand your wife because I feel like for guys, it's totally different. I mean, maybe with like reading something dirty or like getting, you know, being sexy and flirty, I get how that can turn us on. But almost just the basis of how we get aroused can be different. We can be more emotional while y'all can be more visual. So learning for the men and tips, real tangible tips for women on how you can stay in the spirit of sexy, how you can get in the mood, be more in the mood and susceptible to be in the mood, to vibe in the fucking mood, to fuck, to get down, to make love, to get poked, to get railed, to rail another, make love. Okay. I think this could be so helpful for so many women in so many different seasons, whether it's just you're, it's mundane, you're an autopilot, you're stressed out, you're really into your job right now, your mind is elsewhere, you are not present, your kids, you're in the thick of it with motherhood, you're pregnant. Like there are so many different seasons where it's like, women don't feel like sex is on the forefront or they just don't feel in the fucking mood. And sometimes for some women, you becoming aroused is usually easy for you. Usually that's just no thing. And then one day, one week, one month, sometime it's more difficult for you. And then you're like, oh my God, what's going on? Applying some of these tips, tips and tricks, I think could center you and get you back on the path or back in the zone. Auto zone. Okay. First tip, smoke marijuana. Just kidding. That was a joke, but it says go for a walk (laughs) and smoke a little jizzy jizzy. Sometimes we need to escape our setting. Sometimes we feel suffocated in the home with our children and husband, and we need to get our juices aflowing. I think this is something that you daily should add to your life is going on a fucking walk or going and having a 20, 45 minute, 60 minute workout. I will attribute that to my high drive. I work out regularly. I keep my body and my shit a moving. Men are like, really? That was the first tip. Take a walk. Y'all really are. V different. I wasn't going to say that's what I needed to get a boner, but uh, the next one is take a everything shower. So those long feel good showers where you shave your legs, your pussy, your arms, you get lotion, you get smell good, your hair's done. 
we're feeling pretty good after that, dudes. <laughs> That's when we're feeling our bestest. We're feeling prime. We're feeling clean. We're ready to be wine, dine, 60 fucking nine. Or maybe we want to, you know, lay in our bed and watch a movie. But bitches, when you haven't showered for three days and I've been there, don't tell anyone. You don't feel like your cutest self. You're not ready to have your ass eaten. Okay. So be prepared. Be prepared. Reading a sexy, smutty little erotica, maybe listening to it on my Patreon, reading something nasty. Okay. When my back in the day, when I was like a youngin, okay, I'm saying 17, 18, 19. I would read Cosmopolitan, the very story at the end. Do you know what I'm talking about? There was like two pages of a nasty story and I would just be off to the races, okay? So I know that I'm not that age, but guess what? It still does the trick. I don't think they do that anymore, but you can get a dirty ass book anywhere, <laughs> anywhere, erotica, a plenty. I'm not going to name all the other resources because they should pay me to do that. But my Patreon, bitch, my Patreon, I will read you a story that will make your vagina tingle, surely. And guys will be popping boners, okay? I don't even want to think about what goes on when my Patreon's blank, but I do support it. Next, masturbate, masturbate, master, masturbate, bait. Touch yourself, bitch. You're like, wait, I'm trying to do habits that get me in the mood. I'm not in the mood. Why am I going to go wasted on fucking myself? I think the more you fuck yourself, the more you want to fuck. I really do think when you get comfortable and you know how to touch yourself and you're thinking about what turns you on, no one's around, you aren't holding back, it's like happy, healthy, horny, baby. And sometimes you have to do that when you don't feel in the mood to do it. Because I know you're like, if I was in the mood to fuck, why would I go fuck myself? So I encourage you to intentionally masturbate. But maybe that, maybe that isn't your thing. I wish it was. Another tip is massage. Having your significant other massage you. If you need to say, hey, I need no expectations on this, be as present as possible. And where the body goes, the mind flows tap into what turns you on and try sharing it with your partner. And I know that it's not just like a simple, like he's willing, she's willing. So we're going to have amazing sex, which I do believe that two willing people that are intentional, that is a very likely result, fun, awesome sex. But sometimes there are things such as stress and hormonal changes, medication, unresolved issues, grief, moving, so many fucking things, right? And it affects our libido. But that doesn't mean we can't be intentional and get back on track. And maybe it takes a little more effort and maybe it's a little more awkward because you got to talk about it. But I guarantee you it's better than not doing anything about it. This is how we trudge through those times. Trudge means like going through the mud and it being like hard to walk and put one foot in front of the other, but you do it anyways, this is trudging on, baby. And if you are suffering from low libido right now, dialing in on what it is, if it's a stressor, if it's a medication, if it's unresolved issues, or if it's just lack of intention, letting it fall at the wayside, you've got to try something different, try something new, make time for sex, manage your stress, keep discovering what turns you on. Switch up the sex timetable. So 
Maybe it's not a good idea to be fucking at night right now. Maybe the mornings are the best bet for y'all. Maybe I'll need to switch up the sketch. Now to the women who are trying to just be as horny as possible. Like say, you know, you're going to have a date and you're wondering if you're just going to be tuckered out. Think about sex all day. Watch some porn and don't touch yourself. Think dirty thoughts, send dirty text, be erotic with yourself, practice self-care, look like the fine, beautiful, beezy that you are, and you're going to go into dinner on the vibration of sexy, and that that will manifest. You will have a good romp. Maybe some of these tips are nothing new. I mean, all of these things we've heard of, we've talked about, but sometimes we need a gentle reminder or inspiration to slow down and get present. That is the gift you can give to yourself. Tapping in to what's right in front of you, what's right on top of you, taste, smell, touch, and just drowning out the rest. You fucking deserve that. Men, you'll be a better lover if you are present in that moment of ravishing. We can feel it. She can feel it. And same, ladies, your man knows when you're into it and when you're not. And maybe that is disappointing. Maybe that worries you. And you're like, oh, God, give the gift of being present to yourself for your own pleasure. And let me know how it goes. Until next week. If you enjoyed the show, please leave five stars on iTunes, follow, subscribe, leave a review, help so much, follow me on social media, and I'll see you next week.